Uh, my family and I, and they're not here because my wife is also a little bit ill and one of the kids had a cough and, you know, it is what it is. Um, but we, we just went on a, a family holiday, a little family break this week and, and it's, you know, we really believe in uh, family holidays. It's not a holiday for us, it's a holiday for the kids, it's, it's, it's work for us. Um, but you know what, like taking, like taking kids, if you've got kids, taking kids on a holiday is tough. Right, but you know what's, ta- what's tougher than taking kids on a holiday? Taking five kids on a holiday. <laughs> right, taking five kids on a holiday is really hard. And this year is the first time that we did that, right? Because uh, our little one was born last year, and it was really hard because it's like, you know, I got I got like a fourteen-year-old that wants to like, you know, surf, and I got like a a nine-month-old that just wants to eat sand. You know, and, and I'm trying to like juggle, like how do I, you know, how, how do we do this, right? And um, it, it was so hard. Like we came back and, you know, sometimes we come back from these family trips and go, wow, that was, a, that was an amazing family holiday. This time we came back and went, oh, we're so happy to be home. You know, it's just, it's just like that this year. Uh, but I know, and, and, and I'll complain now, but one of the things, but my kids, you know, my kids are like, oh, how come we can't do this? And how come we can't do this, right? But one of the things that I know that for my children that they will never have to complain about is being lonely because they will never be lonely because there's always someone around. Um, Something that I guess for my children, I, I know that as they grow up, one of the things that they will innately grow up with is community. They, they have their own clan. Literally, we're our clan, Right? And, and they're so used to it. Like my two youngest ones, like, like when the older ones go to school, the two younger ones are like, what's going on here? Like where is everyone, right? Like my little one, literally like, you know, if they're playing in the room and mom goes, oh, dinner time, and all the older ones run out, the little one who's, you know, left in the room just starts crying because he's like, where did everyone go? And, and, and what's really interesting is it brings about this really important concept of community. Something that is so deeply innate in every single human being. The idea of belonging. The idea of relationship. Something that is so important, not just in our church, but in the world. See, during COVID, especially during the lockdowns, we saw alarming rates of mental illness, and that's been documented. Why? Because people are not meant to be isolated. We're not meant to be isolated. I know some of you introverts like, had the best time of your lives, but it's not meant to be like that. It's just not the way that we're meant to live our lives. Uh, science has shown uh, that those who are in healthy community actually have physically healthier lives. Well, I'm not making this stuff up. This is real, right? Five things that they mention, right? Um, people who are in healthy community, number one, they have less stress. And I can tell you all about the, the cortisone enzyme and whatnot, but you, know, you can just Google that in your own time. Um, secondly, they have better healing ability, right? And I thought healing ability, like... Wolverine? But then Wolverine was kind of like a loner. Like he, he wasn't like a tri- – so I don't know how that makes sense, right? But people that get sick, if you're in better community, you actually heal faster. Um, thirdly, you have healthier behaviors. 
When you're in good, healthy community, you tend to do healthier things. Um, Fourth, you have a greater sense of purpose. People who are in healthier communities have a greater sense of purpose. And this one, I love this one. People who have healthier communities actually live longer. It is, I'm not even making this stuff up, right? If you have healthy relationships, if you're in a, in a healthier community, you live longer, which actually means the opposite. If you don't have healthy community, and if you don't have healthy relationships, you actually die quicker. And once again, this is all science. This is all scientific research. And they say research, research is also suggests that loneliness is associated with social isolation, poor social skills, introversion, and depression. Now, uh, we have a few um, only children in our church. And uh, we don't have to tell you who they are because you can find them because they're different. The only children are a little bit different. The way that they think, the way that they play, the way that they talk to themselves. You know, they're different, right? And, and it's like, because they just, they don't know anything else, right? And there is this just, just human need of community. Now, we've been in this series called Why? Why do we do what we do? And we're trying to go through some of the most basic elements in the church of, of you know, of, I don't know what we said, why faith, why serve? Um, you know, and today we're asking the question, why do we meet? Right? Why do we meet like this? Our life groups kick off. Why do we meet? Why is it so important? Right? And so uh, the, the answer is it's because that's what God wants. The answer is we meet because that's what God intended for man, right? But I want to look at four reasons the Bible gives to us of why we meet, okay? So the first one is this, God created us for community. Genesis 2, verse 18, right? The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. When God created man, right, on the sixth day, when God created man, He knew that it was not good for man to be alone. And so he created woman out of the rib, and that became the first community, right? The way that God created man was that man was just not meant to be alone. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47, this is the picture of the first church. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What did the first church do? They gathered. They met. They met in the temple, in the church, but they also met in their homes, and they ate and they broke bread. That's what God intended for man and the church. The church is a gathered church. That's what makes us who we are. So firstly, we meet because God created us for community. Secondly, we meet because the church is the body of Christ. Do you know you cannot be a church by yourself? Have you ever thought about this? It's like trying to be a couple by yourself. You can't do it. It's just the definition. It doesn't work, right? Same with church. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. 
Romans 12, 4, 5. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Each member of the church belongs to each other just in the same way that each of our body parts belong to each other. Have you ever thought about that? That each person, each person in our church belongs to each other. That without each other, we would only have a few body parts, but it's only when we're joined in community that we are the healthiest. Now, of course, as the community grows, it's impossible. Even the size of our community now, and I would say our community, it's hard to gauge because, you know, we've got, you know, about 70 people in this room and, you know, there's a few million watching us online and, you know, we do welcome all the millions of viewers online. But as our community grows, it's actually really hard to foster deep and meaningful relationships with everyone. I tell you what's really, what makes it even harder, masks. I don't even know who half of you are because you're wearing masks, Right? It's so difficult to, to get to know people when there's more people. But that's the thing. You know, it, it, I think that's exactly the same as the way that the body is connected, right? There are some parts of the body that are very widely connected. So, for example, like the heart. You know, the heart pumps blood to all parts of the body, right? So, there are people that are like the heart in the church, and they, they're connected to everyone, right? Someone like AB is like that, kind of just knows everyone, right? And then there are some people... You're not like the heart. You're like, a, you're like hair. The hair is only connected to the head. They're not even connected to each other. Did you know that? It's amazing. Did you know every strand of your hair, and, you know, I'm looking at George and, mate, I know it's thin, mate, but, you know, just, it's there somewhere, George, you know. You know, every strand of your hair is actually not connected to the other strand. They're only connected to the, to the head. And so some people are like that. They, they're not connected to everyone, but they're connected to one or two people. But that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're less of the body. It doesn't mean that you're less of a person. It's just the way that you are in the body of Christ. Right? That's the church. The beauty is that we're all different, but we all belong. That's the importance of community because we are the church. So we meet because we're the body of Christ. Thirdly, we meet because we need each other. Galatians 6, 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12, listen to this, right? Two are better than one, because they are a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls down and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The reality is we need each other. Now, whether you believe this or not, we need each other. Paul says in Galatians, we need to carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. That's why we need each other. No man or woman, no man or woman is strong enough to get through life without help. It's, you can choose to live that life, but it's a lonely life. It's a very difficult life. Um, the, the passage in Ecclesiastes, I use it for weddings a lot. You know, when one falls over, if you have another, they pick you up. 
You know, if you lie down, if you have another, then they keep you warm, right? If you ever get into a fight, if you have someone, then, then they fight with you, right? That's what the, the Bible says. But I also like the negative of this passage. It's, it's, it sounds like a little bit of a smart ass who wrote this passage. It's like, you know, if someone falls down and, 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 you know, if you have another, then they can help you up. But pity the guy that has no friends, you know, like... How sad is it that you have no friends? Or it's like, you know, if you lie down by yourself, how are you going to keep warm? You know? It, it just shows us the importance of the one another. Friends, it doesn't matter who you are, how strong you are, how rich and famous you are. We need people. We need each other, especially as Christians especially as believers of Christ. We need other believers to help each other because life is tough. Being a Christian is tough. It's not like, you know, you walk down the street, you wear a big Christian T-shirt, and then people applaud you. We live in a society where it is getting harder and harder to be Jesus' followers. It's hard. Life can get really hard. And that's why we need each other. But that's why God gives us community. I have so many stories that I could share with you about, you know, people that needed each other, people that were in times of need, and people in the church just came around and supported them. So many stories. And that's just how God wanted the way, wanted us to be. So, why do we meet? Because we need each other. Finally, why do we meet? Because there is strength in numbers. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting people, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Colossians 3, 13, 14. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. There is strength in numbers. Why do lions hunt in packs? Or when being hunted, why do animals stick together? In the movie Gladiator, why does Maximus say to his fellow slaves, whatever comes out of these gates? <laughs> I practice this as well. <laughs> Chase. Whatever comes out of these gates. Just sound like a drunk Russell Crowe. <laughs> okay. We've got a better chance of survival if we work together. Do you understand? If we stay together, we survive. There is strength in numbers. The encouragement that we give to one another, the sharpening that we provide for one another, the comfort that is on offer within community. Together we survive. Together we thrive. That's why we meet. That's why we meet. Because that's the way God created it. That's the way God intended it. That's the way we're meant to live. That's the way that we can live the most fullest life. But here's the thing. The Bible is so clear on the importance of community. 
right? In the Old Testament, there's a phrase, one another, love one another, serve one another, be there for one another. It's mentioned over a hundred times in the New Testament. The importance of community, right? So here's a question then. Why do we struggle to meet? Or why do we find it hard to accept and, and understand the importance of community? Right? And I just want to stick off a few things, right? And this might be you, this might not be you. Number one, I love myself. There are people that choose not to be in community simply because they love themselves so much and they think so highly of themselves that they, they really think that they don't need anyone. Now, I wouldn't say that there's a lot of people in this category, but there are a few. I've met people like this. And literally, you, you listen to how they do life. And they, they literally are like, I do not need anyone. You know, I have lived my life by myself, for myself. You know, I have achieved everything that I need to do. I don't need, I don't need God, I don't need people, I don't need community, right? And it, it blows my mind that there are still people that think like this, that they can survive on their own. I did it all on my own, so why do I need you? They said, there's not that many people, but there are a few. Some people think like this. Another reason why people don't uh, see the value in community uh, is I love my type. Meaning, some people struggle to find community because they love their own type too much. It's like if they were an ear, they only want to hang out with other ears. If they're a toe, they only want to hang out with other toes. Why? Because it's familiar, you know? And, you know, I, I think a lot of us, in some form or shape, are guilty of this. We like people that are like us, right? Whether it's a race issue, right? Whether it's a cultural issue, whether it's a socio-demographic issue, you know, whether it's a finance issue, whether it's an education issue, right? There are so many ways that we can divide up society. But the problem is, for some of us, we struggle to go beyond our type. But the reality is, that's like saying, just the feet are going to hang out with the feet people, and the hands are going to hang out with the hand people. That does not make up the body of Christ. That does not make up a body. The reality is, especially in the church, we are different. Every person in the church is different. There is diversity in the church. And the beauty is diversity is celebrated because diversity is what Jesus died for. Can I tell you, Jesus did not die. God did not send his son Jesus to die for Koreans. God did not send Jesus to die for those who live in the North Shore. Can you see where I'm getting to? I'm just describing myself at the moment. Jesus did not die for those that love fast food, who are unhealthy, who love the Bulldogs. Jesus definitely died for those who love the Bulldogs, but he really does love those. I'm really praying that we have a good season this year. Jesus died for all. The problem is, sometimes we struggle. And we struggle with difference. And we struggle with diversity. Just because they're different to you doesn't mean they're less or more. 
This is a whole sermon in itself, but I'm going to just park here for a moment because this is so important. I believe that the church has been one of the most segregated institutions in our history. Sadly, ironically, the church should be the most embracing, the most open out of all institutions if we really believe who God is and what he's done for us. And yet, the church has been guilty. The church has been guilty of discrimination. We need to move on from this. Can I tell you, one of the things that I'm the most proud of of our community is how culturally diverse we have become. It wasn't like this all the time. When we first started the chapel, we were 90% Koreans, 90% Korean Aussies, right? Now, we don't have a dominant race in our church. And can I just say, that's the way it's meant to be. That's the way it's meant to be. I'm so proud of our community and how we uphold this diversity in our church. And I hope and I pray that we never even talk about race and ethnicity, that it would never even be an issue because in God's eyes, he doesn't see it. So why do we? But there are some people that still struggle with that. You need to get over that. Thirdly, Whoa, this one's going to be sensitive. I'm introverted. Right? People who struggle, people who are introverted. I looked up the definition, right? Because I wanted to give an honest, you know, dictionary definition of what an introvert is without offending introverts. And it's people who are introverted are boring. Jokes, <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. Just offended 40% of our church. <laughs> right? People who are introverted tend to be inward turning or focus more on internal thoughts, feelings, and moods rather than seeking out external stimulation. Introverts are shy, right? Now, it doesn't say introverts are sinful. Okay, it's not a sin to be introverted, right? If you like your quiet space and if you like your quiet time and, and you don't like big crowd, that's cool, right? That's cool. But here's the problem. Oh, actually, they say 25 to 40% of humanity are introverts. Right? And I thought that's a really wide range, right? 25 to 40%. Like someone really didn't do their homework. Right? But here's the thing just because you're introverted, number one, doesn't mean you don't need community. And number two, doesn't mean that you are less of a part or the importance of the existing community. Right? It just means that it goes against your grain which actually means you have to work harder. Now, as an extrovert, I apologize on behalf of all extroverts to all of our introverted friends. We know it must be very hard for you to hang out with us because <laughs> we're loud. We just want to talk to you when you don't want to talk, right? <laughs> like, you, you, you're like, you're like praying and you're spending good time with God and the person next to you just was like, hey, what are you praying about? Hey, what are you praying about? Hey, what are you praying about? You know, like you just want to spend some alone time. You just want to spend some quiet, reflective time with the Lord. And someone's like, hey, let's do that together. <sighs> you know, and you can't say no because, you know, they're a Christian. You know, like, the, and, and it's like but the thing is this, my, my problem with introverts is not the fact that you're introverted, right? 
My problem with introverts is when you use the word introvert to hide behind it and not be a part of community and choose to not invest into community. Why? Two things lose out. Number one, you lose out. Introverts need community. Trust me. Introverts need community more than extroverts. Because if you leave introverts on their own, there's problems. You know, there, there will be issues. They need, they can fall into their own world. You need community to be like, hey, come back to the real world. You know, stop flying in space. Come on back down. You know, we introverts need that. But here's the other part. Communities need introverts. Commun- our church community needs introverts as much as you need the church community. Why? Because you are a part of this body. See, once again, that's exactly the same as discriminating with the fact that either, you know, if you're 50 years old and you're 15 years old, you know, we only need, you know, one and we don't need the other. No, it doesn't work like that in church. But exactly the same with introverts and extroverts. Can I tell you, if we have a church full of extroverts, people won't come. Only extroverts will come. And we lose 40% of our population, right? It's important, you know, and, and whether you're extroverted or introverted, which other side, right? It's just the way that God's made you. Can, you. can I just say, don't be embarrassed about whether you're extroverted or introverted, right? I apologize, once again, I apologize to the introverts who feel discriminated against because I'm just loud. But there are times, very little times, where I also understand and share introversion, Kind of. And it's usually when I'm at home with my five kids and I just want my alone time, right? I'm like, man, I wish I was an introvert. And then poor my wife, right, who is an introvert, right? When my wife got married, I can, she's not here today. Okay. When my wife got married, right? Cut the stream. Cut the stream now. Um, my wife struggled so much with me and we were talking about this last night even, right? We used to live in my mother-in-law's house, and it's a pretty big house, right? And I'm just used to people, right? So when we got married, there's only two of us in the house, right? So we will, you know, we'll wash, whatever. And all my wife wants to do is sit down, have a think about life, read her book, journal, whatever, right? So she might go to a room and just, you know, sit there. And I'm like sitting there going... I'm so bored. <laughs> I wonder what my wife's doing. And I'll like find my wife. Hey, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm just journaling. And then I'll go, oh, okay. And then I'll walk out. And then me being ADHD, and like three seconds later, I'm like, what are you journaling about? You know? Oh, she found it really hard. And I know that for some of you introverts, it's like that at church. And so I apologize, but you're still a part of the community. We still love you. We need you. Introverts are important. Don't hide behind it. Don't hide behind being an introvert and using that as an excuse not to be a part of community. It's so important. You're so important. Finally, one of the other reasons why people struggle to find community or build community is because of past hurts. 
You hear stories of people who used to be in community that suddenly get, they cut themselves off. Why? Because someone hurt them. Someone betrayed them. They've had some kind of abuse or trauma in their life, and that leads to a break in trust. Sadly, the church is no different from any other institution. There is many relationships that have been broken in the church. People have left the church, not because of God, not because they got angry at God, but because they had a, a breakdown in relationship with another person. Now, I'm not a counselor and I'm not a therapist, but what I can tell you is that what you went through, if you've gone through something like that, it's as real as it gets. It's real. I'm not here to say, well, you know, you just need to get over it and build into community. No. The hurt that you went through, the breakdown, is as real as it gets. So I validate that. And I, and, 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 and I say, look, if it's something that is still bothering you and is still playing in your life, please go get help. Right? Go get help. Go get help from a counselor. Go get help from a psychologist. If there are things like that are so traumatic and so um, damaging in your life, go get help. Because you don't have to live your life like that. You don't have to live in the shadow of trauma and abuse. The beauty of the church is this. The beauty of Christianity is it's about redemption. It's about taking something that was broken and something that in our minds may not be able to be fixed. And what God can do is that he can redeem that. Every single one of our stories, that's the pattern. We're all broken. We're all broken in different forms, shapes, and sizes. We're all broken. But when we turn up to God, he can redeem that. The church is not a, it's not a social club for good people. If you're looking for a community of saints, you ain't going to find it at church, and you definitely not going to find it at this church. Our church and the church is a hospital. We're a bunch of broken people that need help, all form, shapes, and sizes. But the beauty is that we worship a God that is a healer, that can heal and can redeem whatever has happened in your life. This is the place should be the place, and hopefully we're getting there. This is the place where any person, regardless of what has happened in their life, can turn up and belong and be a part of community. You don't have to, and let me finish with this. You don't ever have to earn your way into this community. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you've done in your life. You have every right to be a part of this community, every, part, every right to be a part of this family. No one holds the key to that door but God. And what God does is he opens them wide and says everyone is welcome in his house. Hebrews 10, 24, 25, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. COVID has been a huge reason 
for people not to meet. But I want to encourage you, don't let COVID be an excuse. Now, I'm not saying we throw away all the rules and regulations. No, we follow them. But can I tell you, you don't just foster relationship when you meet, but there are other ways you build relationship. You can call, you can FaceTime, you can meet them online, you can shoot them a text. It's not about the form that we're talking about, how to build community. It's not about the methods of building community. It's we're talking about the heart. We're talking about the why. If you know the why, you'll do it. If you believe in the why, you'll do it. If you believe that that's what God intended, then you'll do it. So friends, desire community. And how appropriate that our life group sign-ups start today. Can I tell you, if you've never been in a life group, I encourage you, give it a go. Give it a go. It's so hard to form relationships and talk about real-life issues when there's you know, 70, 80 people here. Trust me, we understand that. You can't foster deep relationships in the 5, 10 minutes before and after church. But our life groups get together once a week. And they'll spend time sharing a meal. They'll spend time talking about their lives. They'll spend time praying for each other, supporting each other. You know, and not just that, throughout the week nowadays, because of the chat, it's like, what did you have for lunch today? You know, how is your mom? You know, like, what's going on with your job? Like, we're just getting involved in each other's lives. That's why we have life groups. Because we believe that that's what God intended. So I encourage you. Join a life group. Be a part of this community. And just know that you belong. You belong to God and you belong here. Let's pray.